Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Giving you the real from A to Z. Surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go! The next tell internet better be working today. I got something Good morning. Good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, the Skywalker Show in the morning. Streaming live on YouTube. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! What's happening, people? Coming up today, the Cowboys defense, man. They're hungry, they're salivating to get back out there and bounce back from last week's performance. So, and they're also welcoming back Ezekiel Elliott. We're going to take a look at that matchup. Cowboys defense against the Patriots. Offense in the roundup. We're going to take a look at the offensive line update from an injury report standpoint. There's a cool little stat. Stat of the day. Sometimes I'll find these little stats throughout the week. And I got one that I want to talk about a little bit in the roundup. And then, of course, today is Thursday. So that means the scientific method is back up and running. We got our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com coming through. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the vibes inside the locker room around the star. And then we're going to try to get a more detailed, in-depth update on what's happening with this offensive line situation. Uh, A lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts, and uh, a lot of veterans. And it was veteran day for a couple dudes yesterday that you got a little bone to pick with John Machota, but it is what it is, man. We got the we got the real information out there, so nothing, no need to panic. Let me just say that. No need to panic. Nonetheless, we will talk to Pat at the top of the hour, so make sure you guys stick around for that. But what's good, Miles? Squad? Bob Squad! How y'all doing this morning? It's Thursday. I know what that means, all right? Cowboys got practice. And we just got to hope we get through this practice with no problems. Because it's been a terrible Thursday the last couple of weeks, uh, two or three weeks. And uh, we're we just hoping we get to Friday morning and everything is good to go. But enough of me, enough of opening up the show. Uh, we got Pat joining us in about 10. So let's, and I, and I do want to listen to uh, J Ron. If I don't get a chance to listen to J Ron coming out of the roundup, we'll take a listen to it prior to previewing the Patriots offense, what I saw on film, my notes, and we'll go into the film room a little bit. Yeah, really, but we're going to take a look at some of their run game schemes and whatnot. So, here we go. Here we go! It's time! 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 It's
It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. No roundup yesterday, but we're back at it. We're back at it today. So I love numbers. I love, you know, it tells part of the story, not all of the story. And you can kind of learn some things from that. Or they can confirm some things. But the stat of the day came from uh, Warren Sharp. He was talking about the percentage of drives that had at least one sack so far in 2023. So who are the top five teams that have allowed the least amount of sacks on a drive? The top five teams are number five, Green Bay at 9%. Number four, Detroit also at 9%. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys, 7%. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, are tied for first, I should say, are the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins at 3%. So I'll say this again. The percentage of drives an offense has allowed at least one sack so far in 2023, Cowboys are tied, are actually in second place at 7% of the drives, which is extremely low. To talk about the inverse there, the Washington football people have allowed a sack on 37% of their drives. So that tells you how wide that gap is. And when you go look at this, something that I noticed, Miami, Kansas City, Dallas, and Green Bay, four of those five teams have systems that are rooted in the West Coast offense. Hmm. Interesting, right? So we all know about the West Coast philosophies. We Three-step drop, five-step drops. We're going to get the ball out, not really holding it too long or whatnot. Um, and, and you can obviously see that in the Cowboys' shift this season, right? Kansas City, Miami, they have offenses rooted in that. Green Bay, obviously, as well with LaFleur. One of the best West Coast guys in history of the West Coast is residing in Kansas City. Also, Doug Peterson went to Jacksonville and Philly and did some things. But... That just goes to show you this is the offensive system that I think rules the day in the NFL. It's about tweaking it, though. It's about adding your little nuances to it to make it better. But I am I am proud of what this offensive line has been able to do in regards to pass protection on a down-in, down-out basis, even with the injuries that the Cowboys have been facing. Speaking of which, Tyler Biotish. Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, all did not practice yesterday. Again, that makes that stat all more impressive because we haven't had our starting five offensive line all season. And then obviously last week, all three of those guys were missing and you held up about as well as you you think you could. In fact, I think if you were to take that specific game and put it anywhere during the season, you'd take that, you know, take that, take that. Watch that. Diddy bop. Chumi Doga, and we'll talk more about those three guys with uh, Patrick Nosey Walker in a few minutes. Chumi Doga was limited with the elbow injury. And then you had C.D. Lamb and Demarcus Lawrence who got a rest day. So the reason why I said I had a little bone to pick <laughs> with John Machota. So John tweets out, and not, look, I, me and John cool. But John tweets out, Cowboys who did not practice. Demarcus Lawrence, C.D. Lamb, then obviously the other guys. And that's it. He didn't tell us nothing else. 
I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. So I go to my cowboy, my little tab over here, Cowboys Inside. What's going on? Then Michael Gelke tweets out, hey, man, C.D. Lamb, Demarcus Lawrence, it's a rest day. Nothing's wrong. Everything's great. They just getting a little veterans or whatever, right? Why can't you just add that extra to it, man? The Cowboy fans are already nervous and scared of practice as is. So if you don't add any context to CeeDee Lamb and Demarcus Lawrence not practicing, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume something bad happened. A little bone to pick with John, man. Just a little one. And then John, I think John Machota did. It's ain't bad John Machota day, but. So I guess when you get the, the check mark, right? Like you have unlimited amount of characters to, to post on Twitter now, right? And Bill Belichick, hilarious presser for the Cowboys. Hey, Bill, so what do you think about the Cowboys? He went on for about seven minutes just talking about the history of the Dallas Cowboys and every single last player on the team. This John Machota takes the transcript, posted on Twitter, and it's about a 50,000-word explanation all on Twitter. John, what you doing, bro? What you doing, man? So it's Thursday, like I said. Can we get through this damn day without anything crazy happening? I hope so. Okay. Okay. Ah! <laughs> okay. I hope so. That's all I got, man. It's hope. I don't like living by the hope creed. But these practices have been crazy. They've been crazy, Cowboys Nation. And they've been driving me crazy. They've been driving me crazy. Uh, so I do got about five minutes and before I get to our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker. And, and I wanted to, I wanted you guys, really, if you haven't listened to uh, J. Ron Curse speak on pretty much summing up what happened in that game. And this is just kind of a little tease to us previewing this Patriots matchup and, and hopefully the mentality is a bit sharper going into this game. But in the first word today, I want you guys to listen to J. Ron Curse talking about the energy, talking about he summed it up basically the second play of the game where, look, if, if we were all playing with that same hunter mentality, uh, then maybe a play could have been made even with them running for 44 yards. And then I loved how he ended it. Uh, at the end of this presser where they asked him, hey, well, if New England pops on the tape, are they going to do this and do that? J. Ron Kerr said, try me. That's what you saw Sunday is not going to happen again from an energy standpoint. But I'll let J. Ron explain to it first in the first word. You, you kind of, when you have, when you have 11 guys on the field that hunt, you know, you can, you can minimize some of those mistakes, some of those misfits and, and things like that. Uh, for example, that second player of the game, uh, you know, uh, on the read, Micah comes and takes the dive, takes the dive. Uh, quarterback pulls it. You know, me and Donovan spin out, and you can see, and you, can see you know, I let up thinking, thinking Donovan was going to make the play. He misses the, he misses the tackle. And uh, as you get further down the field, when Bland, when Bland, hustles and get down the field and gets him to jump up and then comes down, he's loose with the ball. That's just one of those plays where if I'm hustling, I punch that ball out. So uh, it, just, it just was an accumulation of a lot of things where, you know, it was this guy on this play, this guy on that play, this guy on that play. 
Uh, so, and then it just it boils down to just bad football, which, uh, which we put out there on tape. Did they do anything? You think New England's going to try to copy what they did and type of runs they had? And so it's, but it's never really not about that. It's about y'all. Yeah, we don't really care what New England does. Uh, we play our football. We're, we're, we're going we're to stop anything. So it not, it's not really about what New England does. So, you know, we hope, we hope they turn their tape on and, and, and think that's the same thing. They're, getting, they're not getting nothing close to that. Dallas Cowboys coming off of a loss are nine and one following an L. So I tend to believe they will not get that. And I think what he's talking about is is the energy, right? Is the focus, is the details that they weren't all, I shouldn't say on the same page, but they weren't all doing their job in that particular game. And, and like I said, normally when these guys lose, there is truly a bounce back. When these guys have a bad game, there is truly a bounce back. So, I mean, look, you never, you, you don't want to lose any games. You just don't. But Micah said something in his press when I was listening to him. He was like, you don't want to have double L's. You don't want to lose and not learn, right? So you lose here, you learn from it, and you get better moving forward. And he had, you know, not he, but Chill had asked, hey, will New England try to do these things? Well, schematically, they can't, number one. And we'll get into the details of that. A little bit later, but I don't think schematically the New England Patriots are going to attack you. And let's just be real. We're talking on the ground the same way that the Cardinals were going to do it. Joshua Dobbs can run. He can use his athleticism. They're not going to do that with with Mac Jones. And just from a pure scheme standpoint, they're not going to run the same running schemes. And, and again, we'll get into the details of that. But like he said, it's, it's, it doesn't matter what the opposing team does to you. You guys... You, you base your whole defense off of playing with that energy, right? And playing with that tenacity and rallying to the ball like a pack of wolves or a pride of lions, whatever you want to call it. And they just didn't have that same tenacity. I, I used the example. It felt like they got the news about Trayvon right before they went out there, you know, break the huddle. Oh, by the way, Trayvon out for the season and everybody's kind of caught off guard. Uh, me and Koye were talking about the communication was off between, you know, J-Ron uh, and Gilly on one play, you, you saw LVE and these guys trying to figure things out. You saw Hooker and these guys. Now, it was just a total discombobulation on the defensive side of the ball that resulted in a whole bunch of hero ball uh, plays trying to be made. And they just gassed you. They just gassed you, uh, gassed you. And um, I don't think that'll be the case again this week just because of what happened last week. So we're going to see. But we're going to take a look a little bit later on. And how the Patriots uh, will attack both in the air and on the ground. And it, where it, they have a chance to be successful. But I do think, sounds crazy. Because I said this last week. Schematically, I like the things that the Cardinals did. I, I did. I did like them a lot. But this week, offensively, I don't think schematically that is that will be why you'll be. If you're beat, it'll be because of that. I think it'll be because you'll have another situation like last week if you didn't come out and play with the energy, if you didn't come out and play with that hustle and that tenacity. Because I think from a scheme standpoint, you match up very well with the Patriots. So you should see a bounce back game on that side of the ball. But all right, Cowboys Nation, it is that time to bring in our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com to get you some of that science. I'm going to let the music breathe a little bit for our guy. What's good, Pat? <laughs> Skywalker, what it do, brother? What's happening with you, man? 
You're a busy man down there at the store. I didn't hear you say it again. I said you're a busy man down there at the store, man. I'm trying to get this work for y'all, man. I'm trying to cook it up for y'all real nice. You know, it's a lot of um, a lot of fugaziness out there in mm. the in the industry as far as who's covering it, who's talking about the Cowboys. So, you know, I gotta I gotta make sure I counteract that with science and and what's actually what's really actually going on down here. And that's why we appreciate you, brother. And and honestly, that's a part part of the reason why I do what I do as well, man. We're fighting that fugaziness, all the fake takes and all the fake media out there portraying the real for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we got the real joining us right now, Patrick Nosey Walker, DallasCowboys.com, man. And uh, I, I just got to get to the the biggest news coming out of Sunday in regards to the offense side of the ball. And I, it's not red zone for me. It's the big three, Tyron, Zach, and Biotish. I want this injury spotlight uh, brought to you by OSMI to be uh, update. Give me an update on Tyron, Zach, and Biotish in regards to their status this week. Well, I respect that that's, that's your biggest uh, takeaway from Sunday, and it should be because, I mean, yeah, there are red zone issues that need to be resolved, but in Arizona, a lot of the red zone issues and the lack of explosiveness, explosiveness I'm sorry, went to the fact that you had two Hall of Famers out and a pro bowler in Tyler Biotis, so that's 17 combined pro bowls. But uh, injury report, based on yesterday, let's go ahead and get out the way that C.D. Lamb and Demarcus Lawrence, neither of them practiced because it was a veteran rest day. Um, now moving on to the offensive line, Chuma Idoga practiced in a limited capacity. Obviously, he played on Sunday. I was told there's no setback. They're just kind of still working him through that hyperextended elbow um, that he suffered against the Jets. Uh, Tyron Smith did not practice. He was going to be on the injury report anyway with the knee issue that popped up last Saturday that ultimately started this train of events that was very, very weird in real time as far as he was not listed as inactive. He was named the offensive team captain, and then it wasn't until warmers, warm-ups when they basically said, we're going to sit you down. So I looked to my left and I looked to my right, and I told uh, Nick Harris and I told Nick Eatman, I was like, today's not going to go well because it's already starting off weird, and then it just got more and more weird from there. Um, so Tyron Smith, he did not practice with a knee injury. I was told that it was partly because it was a veteran rest day probably for him as well. So even if he could have practiced yesterday in a limited capacity, he probably would not have. But best case, he would have been in the rehab group with Zach Martin and Tyler Biadish, um, who also did not practice yesterday with the ankle and the hamstring, respectively. So um, Stephen Jones told 105, 105.3 FM, the fan, a few days ago that it is quite possible that the Cowboys will have finally their full onslaught of offensive linemen against the New England Patriots. But – we have to see how this week goes because we've seen how this season has gone when it comes to Cowboys offensive line injuries, the way they're treating the injuries. They're being hyper-cautious about it. Tyler Smith missed two games with a hamstring strain. So let's see what today brings. And today being Thursday, the scariest day of the week now in Frisco. So everybody, cross your fingers, cross your toes, cross your eyes, say your Hail Marys, and, and let's hope for some – some good news out of Frisco today for the injury report, but most certainly no more bad Thursday news. Hey, I kind of want to touch back. I hate to go back on this, but I want to, if you could walk us through that tyrant thing, that was weird, man, because it didn't pop up till Saturday, like you said, and I slipped my mind that he was named a captain. And, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's not playing. So in real time, how was all of this coming down and how did it affect 
what they were going to do at the left tackle spot because for me, I thought you know Tyler could have been a guy they put out there, but I get it's his first game back. And by the way, fantastic game. But it just was, like you said, really weird how all that went down. What was it like down there on the sideline when that was happening? It, it was all happening in real time, uh, it, you know, still to the point where, you know, we're up in the press box and I get the inactives and I'm like, okay, Tyron's active. I saw him doing his uh, pregame, going through a pregame workout. That's when I tweeted that I didn't see Tyler Beatish or Zach Martin doing a pregame workout. And I said, that's quite telling. Um, and then the inactives come out. Tyron Smith is active. Okay, here we go. The captains come out. Tyron Smith is, is an offensive captain. All right. All right. So we're probably without Tyler Beatish and Zach Martin. Weird that we're out. We're without Zach Martin when, you know, Zach has said that he's good. But, you know, like I said, team is playing it hyper-cautious with these offensive line injuries. Um, but then I get a text message from the sidelines that say they're still – and the text message said they're still trying to decide on 7-7. What? So then I head down to the sideline because let me let me get in this fire. Then let me figure out what's going on down yeah. here. Um, so so then I don't see Tyron. He's left the field. Here come the offensive linemen to work out. Um, and you see Tyron then walk out, but he's not leading the charge, and he almost always leads the charge. So I'm like, well, that's also weird. So then they go over to the end zone and they start doing their offensive line drills. And I look at the setup, and the setup is Edoga at left tackle, Tyler Smith left guard. Um, Brock Hoffman center, T.J. Bass at right guard, and Terrence Steele uh, at right tackle. And behind them, with his helmet in his hand, not doing any drills whatsoever, is Tyron Smith. So then I look over and I, you know, I ask one of the coaching staff, I said, so is that the decision made? And he nodded and he was like, yeah, that's the decision made. So this all happened in real time. So to answer your follow-up question, did it impact or how much did it impact what they did um, on Sunday? What gargantuan level, no exaggeration, because the reason uh, Tyler Smith was at left guard instead of left tackle was because, number one, injury crops up late on Tyron Smith on Saturday, but then they didn't actually rule him out until just under an hour before kickoff. So that means Tyler Smith had taken 100% of his practice reps, first practice back, uh, first week back, I should say, at guard. So then they would have had to completely uproot him and change the scheme for this week. So Mike McCarthy said, no, let's just keep Tyler at left guard and let's just put Edoga at left tackle. Now keep in mind, Edoga was brought in to flex, but he's been much, much better at left guard. That's yes. why you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. He kind of got exposed at left tackle in a training camp, but that's the reason why they weren't flipped because it mm. was too late and McCarthy was wildly uncomfortable with that. But here's what led to the final thing. And I'm I'm so glad. This is why I respect McCarthy. He admitted it. He said yep. his backup backup offensive lineman didn't get enough reps in practice. That was because of late week injuries. But then he also said that he took some of the verticality plays out of the playbook because, and some of the creativity in the red zone out of the playbook because he was apprehensive. His words were he overreacted by the fact that he had three starting offensive linemen out. So I can't stress enough how weird that whole sequence was nor can I stress enough how big of an impact it had on what the Cowboys wanted to do and were not able to do against the Cardinals. There were three blinking lights, as McCarthy said. That's what he called it, three blinking lights from that game. Um, And one of them, maybe the biggest one, was the run defense. And honestly, the defense in general, Pat. You said something to me yesterday that alluded to Dan Quinn is not messing around this week. Uh, What's the vibes around the defense after a game like that? 
I, I haven't seen Dan Quinn smile a single time this week, not once. And I see Dan Quinn a lot, several times on a daily basis. Um, practice field, I see him walking around the building. We always have our, you know, fun exchanges. You know, I compliment his shoe game because it's, it's fire, by the way. Uh, he'll randomly compliment mine. He'll say, hey, no see, I read your article. Da, da, da. So we have these, you know, pleasantries. Uh, but we still had our pleasantries, but he wasn't smiling. Like, his air was completely different. Like, this is an angry man right now. And the same goes for the defense as well. Demarcus Lawrence, angry air. Uh, Micah Parsons, angry air. You know, Donovan Wilson, angry air. I mean, J. Ron first, his interview yesterday in the locker room, that was not the usual J. Ron curse where he's showing all 32 of his pearly whites. No, he, he was really, really, let's just say, upset at what happened on Sunday. So uh, this Cowboys defense and the defensive coordinator, they know what time it is. They, they know that while the offense dropped the ball um, in a couple of occasions, and I'm not – we can talk about the refs and – you know, okay, call the DPI. Don't pick up the DPI flag, but you can't leave the, the game in the ref's hands, and you should know that if you're playing for the Cowboys. Just just don't. Um, but as far as the defense is concerned, had the defense bottled up James Conner, bottled up Rondell Moore, bottled up Josh Dobbs in the first half, they did a good job of that in the second half, but in the first half, then this game is still winnable. It's probably an ugly win. But it's a win nonetheless, and that's what's really right on the defense this week is that even though the offense wasn't where it needed to be for a third straight week, the defense for a third straight week could have won this game, and they didn't. So now they're, coming, they're looking to host a Patriots team that has Ramondre Stevenson, that has, oh, by the way, Ezekiel Elliott, who mm. might be emotionally charged in his homecoming, um, and you're a, week away, you're a week removed, I should say, from giving up 222 yards on the ground. They know they need to bottle up. They know they need to lock down, get their keys, get their assignments. And really that's what the problem was with the run defense last week. It wasn't that the scheme was off. It was lack of execution, yeah. uh, and it was lack of effort. It wasn't the same effort we saw in the first two weeks, and that's something Micah said himself on yesterday. On the other side of the ball, I, th I thought there was some some wasted efforts uh, there, right? Like Michael Gallup, he's back, right? He comes back with a 97-yard performance, and I think he needed that. On the ground, in the backfield, quietly as it's kept, Tony Pollard, Talk now to three straight games, he has a 20-yard run, and he's fifth in the league in rushing, and he had 122 yards. So I, I think he's handling the running back one uh, duties very well, bro. And then behind him, Rico Dowdle, I, I think also for the third week in a row, has made plays in the minimal snaps that he had. He had a very Marion Barber-like run on the screen, and then obviously had the screen for a touchdown pass, his first of his career. But they didn't get Deuce involved in that game, which I thought was which, which was strange. But do you think and, – and TP leads the league in touches. Do you think they're going to start to divvy up those touches now that you see Rico gaining some momentum and then Deuce has a – he has a special trait that they are still trying to tap into? Are they going to start to divvy up those uh, reps? I think they see the the effectiveness of the, the rep count that they're having, the rep split they're having between Pollard and, and Rico because, like you said – Pollard is, is being very effective uh, and productive in the runs that he's getting, but then so is Rico. So I think that the snap count as it applies right now is pretty solid for them. The question for me isn't um, Tony versus Rico. It's Turpin, Deuce versus Hunter Lipke. Because if you look at Sunday's game against the Cardinals, you didn't see Turpin offensively. You didn't see Deuce offensively. 
but you saw more of Hunter Lipke than you had in the previous two weeks. And mm -hmm. this kind of goes to what you've said, what I've said, what a lot of our colleagues who actually pay attention to the team and cover the beat said, uh, in that it's still early in this Texas Coast offense, and they're trying to figure a few things out. Uh, and one of those things will be, you know, what should the rep split look like between Turpin, Lipke, and Vaughn? Lipke looked great uh, against the Cardinals. He showed that he can be a lead blocker. Uh, he showed that he can be a receiver out of the backfield. Talk about that big play on the mm -hmm. le up the left side. Uh, he showed that he can be a handoff guy. And then I, I also think that Lipke is the remedy for some of these short yardage issues and some of these red zone issues. Give it to give it to the powerful fullback who, oh, by the way, has speed and quickness and he can either bulldoze over a guy or he can knife through a couple of blockers. So I think that's one of the big solutions for the red zone. And so the more play Lipke gets, the more it begs the question of how, because the Cowboys will get Deuce Vaughn involved. They will get Devontae Turbin involved. The question becomes how do they decide who gets the most reps. And really I think it's going to be on a week-to-week -week basis. Yeah. Last week it was a Hunter Lipke game. I wouldn't be surprised if this week you didn't see a lot of Hunter Lipke as far as getting those catches out of the backfield um, as much as you see maybe Turpin getting those, maybe Deuce Vaughn getting out of space because the Jets game was a Deuce Vaughn game. So they're still kind of tweaking that. And I've, I've always said that or this summer, I should say, I don't expect the Texas Coast offense to really show itself until we get around week five, week six. Now, that was before – the offensive line injuries. Yeah. So will it take another week or two to get ironed out? I'm not sure. But I really I think it's Lipke versus Vaughn versus Turpin. I think they got a, a good a good mix of Rico versus uh, Tony as far as their split. I think you leave that alone, let those two guys cook. I think it's a fantastic observation. I want to expand on that a little bit more. But uh, that'll do it for our time today on a scientific method. Appreciate you, Pat, joining us. And uh, check out his you – just, you just dropped some science, right, on .com? Science Lab drops in 45 minutes on go. DallasCowboys.com. This week, Science Lab, and uh, it's, it's about the explosiveness of the Cowboys. I went digging into the data, the trends. I did some interesting comps to see, you know, where they were in a particular year versus where they are now. And I just wanted to see if they're trending in the right direction or if they're trending backwards. And I was going to talk about it, and I found a lot of interesting stuff out. So check that out. should be dropping at around 10 a.m. Central Time. Do yourself a favor. Bring out your science coat and get into the lab, man. Appreciate you, Pat. We'll get with you next week, bro. Absolutely. Let's go. Three and one. Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com. Make sure y'all check him out. I'm dead serious when it comes to the science lab stuff. Uh, even better than, you know, than it was even last year. And Pat came on the scene firing off all cylinders. But these science uh, lab articles are very insightful. And I'm a big numbers guy, and he, he finds numbers that I, I even missed, right? So uh, I, I advise you guys to head over to .com and check out his article after the show. He said about 45 minutes. We'll probably be done in about 45 minutes ourselves here. Uh, no, get out of here. Y'all know how it is after we get done with the scientific method. We are going to take a quick little break, reset real quick, get your coffee, get your drink, your energy drink, water, whatever you got to do. We're going to come back. We're going to jump into this Cowboys defense against the Pats offense. Really, mostly the Pats offense and, and how they uh, do things or how they've done things over the last few weeks. I watched the Miami game and I watched the Jets game. Two totally different defenses, and, and they attack those defenses, I think, in different ways. So let's do it. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions. 
of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Before, before I move on, though, he he was talking about the uh, the running back situation with Rico Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn, Turpin. You can throw Turpin in there with some of those plays, and Hunter Lipke. I still wonder if the reason why we didn't see Deuce Vaughn and Turpin is because of the thought process that, hey, we're down three offensive linemen. We, we can't do some of the things that we did the first two weeks because it's one thing to, hey, we'll, we'll calm it down. It's another thing to completely get rid of it in a game like that uh, where you kind of could use some more explosiveness because this is a defense that wasn't going to allow you to go deep much, right? So, if that's the case, let me get my explosives out there. And we talked about that yesterday with uh, the Patriots. When we were previewing the Cowboys offense, I thought this is a great week to get in or get back in to your bag with the explosives. TP, Deuce, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Turpin. Get these guys involved underneath so that they can get some yak opportunities. And then you take that shot deep downfield. But Interesting, interesting that. And, and Lipke, I said this, I think, the other day in regards to Hunter Lipke. You could tell once you got him involved, right? Two touches, two first downs. Once you got him involved, you saw the, the physicality come out as a block. I didn't really see that in the first two weeks. He he, he was try hard, but it wasn't good. I thought you saw some good blocks uh, on Sunday in regards to Hunter Lipke. And look, I, I'm all for using him in spurts, but be smart about it. Right, like I don't don't take out the explosive part of your offense to to kind of hunker down and kind of you know nerf really your offense. Now third and shorts or you know first and tens where you do the play action, you get it out to Hunter Lipke, cool. But y'all know how I feel. Uh, I still would rather you know at this point, I don't know. Let's see if he can if he can have back to back games as a blocker or, or whenever they decide to use him again. I'm still more leaning towards, like Pat said, hey, let's give him the ball down there in the red zone if you want to try to use him as a running back uh, as opposed as to a blocker. Because, again, in the red zone, it just wasn't blocked up well from anyone, if we're being completely honest. So uh, really interesting, really interesting stuff there. All right, let's go ahead and turn the page. Cowboys defense, got to bounce back. I think you got a good opportunity to do so in this game against the Patriots offense. What is the Patriots Offense. Key players, Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, and obviously Mac Jones. Who? McCorkle Jones. Running things. Like I said, I watched the Jets game and I watched the Miami game. Uh, our Jets defense versus Pats offense, as well as Miami's defense versus the Pats offense. In the Jets game, I think you saw that the Patriots understood the assignment. Meaning, we got to get the ball out in rhythm and quicker. Now, when I say quicker, I don't mean that they were getting it out in 2.1 seconds. No, it was technically 2.5. But there was a there was a urgency. We're not going to hold this ball long. We understand that they have a pass rush up there. So I think he was very sound, is what the word I used, between the 20s. There was He knew where to go with the rock. It wasn't a whole lot of thinking, a whole lot of holding on to the rock too long. And for the most part, sound, solid. 
All it took was one possession, by the way. Uh, the rest were field goals. But one possession to score. It was a long, I think, 60-something yard touchdown pass to a tight end. Like 40 or 50 yards of it was run after the catch. It was a pop play, play action, tight end pops out, gets it to him, and he just takes off down the field. Nobody was around him for a touchdown. Uh, they didn't really need much else when you're playing the New York Jets. They just pretty much methodically moved down the field. This shouldn't be a game, though, where they gut you with a bunch of schemed man beaters like last week. Because they don't have the speed, and obviously Dallas was respecting that speed 95% of the game last week, playing a ton of off coverage. And Josh Jobs was like, okay, thank you. And we'll we'll take this little 10-yard out for a first down. Um, I, I like to see them be a little bit more physical with these wide receivers. They don't have a ton of speed out there. Their one dynamo type of guy is Demario Douglas. Shifty fella. He's got 12 targets on the season, uh, but seven of them are either just deep or at the or behind the line of scrimmage. So he's kind of their get, get it to him now guy or run down the field guy. He's their dynamo, but again, he's not a, a guy that's targeted a, a high number of times week in and week out. But also, it's just not that's just not their scheme in regards to trying to beat you with a bunch of man beaters, uh, be, utilizing speed. They don't have that. Uh, if they want to attack the outside, which Mac Jones showed the ability to do, it didn't wasn't successful to the receivers. If he wants to try to attack outside downfield, if he sees one on one, he'll tempt it. You know, Gilly and Bland, I think, are going to have opportunities because Mac would try to take advantage of it out there. But there's just not a lot out there. And for as much as we want to get on Gilly about the cards game, it's speed that he struggles with. You're not really going to get that, I don't think, from the wide receivers with the Patriots. And we'll talk about them in a second. So with that said, I personally think this is going to be a Mike Gusecki and Hunter Henry type of game in a passing game. Like they're going to, and they got some good ones. These are two good tight ends. Gusecki runs fantastic. I'm a big fan of Gusecki. Uh, I, I think he's a, he's a really good tight end. He can he can move well. He runs good routes. Hunter Henry's a really good all-around guy. I think they're going to try to attack the Cowboys in the passing game in the middle of the field and with these guys. Because when you go to the outside, it's not a ton there. Hunter Henry leads their team in first down receptions, and Kendrick Bourne is their leading wide receiver in general, and he's second on the team in first down receptions. But he's got nine more targets than the second leading receiver, which is Juju. And, and Juju ain't been that great, man. And he got like 70 yards over the first three games. So, again, not a, a super athletic wide receiver group. Devontae Parker, though, is a sneaky guy. You kind of got to worry about with the jump balls. But he's been pretty quiet uh, this season as well. So, I do love the matchup on the outside. I love the matchup schematically in the passing game. I think the Cowboys can kind of get back to being their attacking selves. Now, in the run game, they are going to run the ball a lot. They're the tenth and uh, they run the ball the tenth most times in the National Football League. And when the Jets, I'm sorry, against the Jets, when they were running and they had success, a lot of the times is because they ate up that wide nine. The Dolphins were a different different story, but the Jets, they, there was times, a handful of times where Zeke and Stevenson just weren't getting touched to the second and third level because of how wide they play. Against Miami, that really wasn't the case. And when the Jets played more condensed, that really wasn't the case. Miami is a little closer to 
what we are in regards to speed and, and, and tenacity and, and how condensed they play in the front seven. They're not going to play a whole lot of wide nine. And it, they struggled to run the ball against Miami for the most part traditionally. But individually, just talking about Ramondre Stevenson and, and Zeke. With Stevenson, he's a slippery guy. He's a tough guy. I think he can glide at the line of scrimmage if you you know you don't contain and, and, and remain sound in your gaps. He's a guy that, that, that sees it pretty well. And then obviously, Zeke is Zeke. Zeke's going to run tough. He's going to run hard. Uh, you can't give Zeke a secondary option because, you know, he'll, he'll see it. And he's going to get what's there, and he's going to try to finish hard, right? That's classic Zeke. If it's there, he's going to get it. And then he's going to put his head down, and he's going to try to finish. But a lot of the successful runs you saw versus the Jets, I mean, these guys just weren't getting touched. So you, you got to make sure that you're rallying to this ball and you're winning on the other side of the line of scrimmage. They don't do a whole lot schematically on the ground. They don't. Uh, it's, it's a lot of it is line up, hat on hat, try to get some movement and allow your running backs to find a crease. When they when they do those traps, those those in inside zone type of things, it's it's very hit or miss. A lot of it miss. Uh, there was a couple uh, traps that he tried to use where they got a a tight end <laughs> trying to block the defensive tackle and it just gets blown up and, and there's nothing there. So where they're, I think where they can find success or they'll try to find success. Let me say that is getting to the outside. They're, they're not going to run a lot of clever things. This isn't Arizona. This isn't Philly. They're not going to run any kind of clever things from a ground standpoint. So how do I get some easy buttons from my offense lineman and, my, and, my, and some room for my running backs? I tosses. Get some sweeps outside. Let's get them some room to see it and, and, and then react. That's where they kind of had a lot of their success. Uh, even against... Miami wasn't a lot of success, but running up the middle when it was condensed just didn't have a lot of success on the ground in either of those games. And when the Cowboys played sound and and played condensed uh, against Arizona, it wasn't the middle that killed you. It was the outside that you really got gashed with and, and not being sound. So the Cowboys play sound, play in their run fits. They should have success against the Patriots run offense the minute they don't obviously things like this can happen so that's the matchup i think down there between the cowboys defense versus the patriots offense i think they're going to try to play short game a lot uh, they don't have they don't have the vertical aspect to their offense lots of tight ends i think you're going to get a lot of 12 personnel packages and to be completely honest they didn't really run that well out of 12 uh, against the Jets. Because, again, you're condensed, right? So maybe Bill Belichick comes out here. Uh, I forget the, the McDaniels, right? Not McDaniels. What's his name? The cat over there in, in Vegas. But week to week, Tom Brady and, and him would change things up. I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore with the Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien. I think they're just going to do what they do. And when they come out there in that 12 or 13 personnel package, Things are much more condensed, and they don't really get off as easy. Now, when they came out, 11 personnel or spread, and the Jets were playing in that wide nine, oh, man, it, it was inviting. You get a delay, and you had a whole lane. You get a toss, or uh, you have Orlando Brown, by the way. Shouts out to him. He's playing some decent ball. Orlando Brown's pulling, and you've got a clear lane for Ezekiel Elliott or Stevenson, and they're not getting touched. 
until way down the field. But when you when you touch them, pause. But when you when you when you get some bodies around, some traffic on the interior, not really breaking a whole lot of big runs off of that. Uh, Zeke and Stevenson both, I think, in in the Jets game, they navigated through one of them and got got loose. But most of it is if it's there, they put their head down. They're going to get what's there. If it's not, as long as you wrap up, you should be good. So they're going to run the ball. They're going to do some pop passes, play action. I'd like to see Dallas play more condensed in this game. I, speaking of the edges, I, I'd like to see Dallas press these wide receivers. Say you're just going to have to beat me. I don't think you can beat me deep. I'm not afraid of your speed. Uh, I, I'd like to see, obviously, J-Ron and whomever else. Maybe it's Bell out there against these tight ends. Uh, LVE, Clark, whoever is playing against these tight ends, handle their own. I mean, it's not going to be an easy task. Gusecki is a good tight end. Hunter Henry, good tight end. I like to see these guys uh, be up for it, be up for the challenge. Um, it wasn't the tight ends that beat you in the Arizona Cardinal game, and and we had seen the Cowboys play well against these tight ends over the first two weeks of the season. So you you can bounce back in this game. They just got to be there, I think, mentally, and J-Rock talked about that. So that's the matchup between the Cowboys defense. Jet I keep saying Jets. I even have them. Cowboys defense, Patriots offense from what i've seen on the film all right get a couple calls here and i did miss super chats yesterday i think it was only uh landlord anyway but i want to make sure i'm gonna pull up the super chat list okay yeah i got you landlord if you even here i'll I'll read your super chat from yesterday and in general bro so i got you man all right we'll get a couple calls going here and we moving and grooving. Let's get Marco in the building. What's good, Marco? What's well, so up? I was calling you to. Uh, I had a couple points. I wanted to see your, uh, your, what you thought about playing moving Parsons back to play linebacker a little bit more. Yeah, you're asking the wrong dude. I've always been a fan of putting Mike at linebacker and then then rushing him when it mattered. But somebody yeah. asked me this last week, and I'm yeah. like, man, it's just not gonna happen. So I ain't yeah, even gonna get that. like put my emotions into it. I'm, I think Mike, I think Mike could be elite linebacker, could be elite pass rusher, whatever you want him to do. But obviously, pass rushing is king, right? So I get, I get it. Yeah, and I feel like uh, maybe we could put some bigger dudes up front, and then Mike could fly to the ball. You know, I don't. It don't matter who. Like I'm, I'm not, it don't matter who you put in front of Mike, bro. I think he he excel. He'll he'll yeah. excel at backer, but they're not going to do it. Yeah, I know. And I got a question. What do you think about moving my boy? Is he? That we had him as a DMP or whatever this weekend. Why we ain't playing easy? I think we should play easy at corner. I thought he played perfect last year. Well, he so he wasn't really a he was a slot guy last year, right? In in spurts, yeah. he was a slot guy against big slots. Israel McQuamble yeah. would have got ate up by Rondell Moore. Yeah, I think he's just a little too small. Thought, got eight up. That's Moore why I, I thought about it too because I was shocked when I saw him DMP. I'm like. He just had a cornerback injury. Why is he DMP? But I'm like, you know what? This ain't the matchup. This ain't the matchup for him. Now, this is what I will say, uh, Marco. I would yeah. like to see Izzy on the boundary. If he's going to do cornerback things, put his ass on the boundary. Allow him to use that length. Yeah. Um, like like Diggs uses that length. But but the slot, no, man. Like Unless you're playing against you know Jennings, no, Godwin no, God. or somebody. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Scott, I was saying I wanted him to take – play the corner outside corner 
take this spot, the same kind of length. And I don't think we ever gave Izzy a chance, like a big, a real, real chance. So we, I thought we played, but he played safety. Yes. I thought he was a corner. I mean, corner coming out of college. I think he's long. And he, he, I like one thing I like about him. He tried to get his hands on any physical. Like he's super physical. He tried to put his hands on. Him. And I thought Bland, my boy Bland was. I saw Bland get turned around last week. And I'm saying Bland played bad. Nobody no, played bad to me, real bad. Well, and that's, I go that's say a lot. Play bad, yeah, a lot bad, of people played bad in that game, but 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 Bland. I thought Bland ended up once it was over. Like when it started, it was like, oh man, this might be a long day for Bland. But at the end of the day, it was like, oh Bland played fine. You know, I, you know Bland two receptions, twenty three yards in that game. I mean. I'm, you you do that every game. Nobody's ever going to talk about you having a bad game. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll say. But I'll say this: I, I I would if they're going to do anything with Izzy, put him on a boundary. That obviously that would kick Bland back inside. But I'm going to stick to what I said the other day: give Bland two games, and I think he'll be right yeah. back at quote unquote home. Uh-huh. Because last year he didn't really have a chance to really prep to play. It was hey, playoffs are here. You outside at cornerback, and he still held his own down there, right? So I yeah, think Bland yeah, will be right. fine. Um, but the depth on the boundary, I'd like to see the depth be Israel McQuamu out there. I'm with you. Fact, fact. Hey, Kyle, I got one more thing, and I'll, let, I'll, I'll get off. Hey, I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I know we talked a lot about this in the summertime, and I, I hate to bring it back up, but I just don't see where a schoolmaker – we could have drafted a guard, and I don't see where a schoolmaker – and I was like – I was listening to people over the summer say, he's a good blocker, and I was watching he the is. game. I know it's like his second game. Yeah, he is, but I thought – my boy Ferguson blocked just as well. Just as, I mean, just the same. Hey, Marco, you're not going to get me to argue about it. I, I, I <laughs> didn't. I didn't want to take a tight end, but he's here. I'm. It's September 28th, week four. I'm not about to be crying about spilled milk. Know. So, so he's here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Scott. What I'm saying is, I feel like we're. I, I feel. I'm not. We can't go back. But I'm saying, like, I feel like that hurt us because we look at Tyron. He's sitting over there, look healthy to me. I don't know what's wrong with him, but I'm just saying, look healthy. To His me. knee. But Scott, I appreciate you, brother. You always give me a chance to voice my opinion. I appreciate of course, you, man. Bro. Yes, sir. Be blessed, bro. You too, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, I, I I could do this every week. Look, Schoonmaker was not the pick I wanted to make, but I, I think Schoon and he dropped the ball. I get it, man. He dropped the pass, but he talked about blocking. I think Schoon has been good in the blocking department. Um, in, in fact, y'all know how I feel. I think he should be a tight end two right now, and in twelve personnel sets should be Schoonmaker Ferguson moving forward. That's just me, but I'm not. I don't see Hendershot. Just don't get it. And again, I think he's lucky that John Stevenson um, got hurt. But let's hopefully these guys all bounce back. But yeah, of course, I'd have took a guard backer. Uh, who else was on the board? I, you know, there were some other people. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And maybe you could have got a tight end later. But hey, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Cowboy Mike, what's up, man? What's up with you, Will? Still. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I went over some film last night. Okay. Uh, I watched the Patriots game against the Jets. I, I did look at the uh, uh, their last week's opponent, but the rain, I was like, I, I don't feel like I'm getting a good look. But, you talking about Miami? Uh, Kendrick Bourne, uh, yeah, Miami. I didn't, I didn't like that game too much. I was like, man, I'm kind of scared about the Patriots, bro. I mean, I'll, probably because of Belichick. But I don't I don't think they should be able to stay on the field with us with what we did last week. What you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, the pa- the Patriots, it got Bill, like you said. You don't, 
when you're going up against a Bill Belichick coach team, you better be ready to come to play because that's going to be a sound. That's one of the words I use for their offense and discipline. One of the words I use for their defense. That's going to be a sound yeah. and disciplined team. They're not going to be penalized a whole lot. They're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, you got to be ready to play against these dudes because they're they're not going to make it easy on you for four quarters. So yeah, I mean, it's this is at the end of the day, it's Bill out there. Yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick is is, is no slouch. Yeah. So. And Stevens, uh, their running back, uh, he's an OU guy. I watched him a lot in college too. Um, he doesn't really scare me. As long as if you can keep him going east and west, it's when he he squares up his shoulders to go north and south. He he can be a problem if there's wide open lanes. I mean, he's way better than what Arizona brought to the table. But I think our mentality. Connor underrated. So I, I like Connor. I, but but no, I think I like Ramondre Stevenson. I I, I think Ramondre is uh, an underrated back. Um, again, I called he him is. a glider. Yeah. Like like he he kind of glides to the line of scrimmage. And and again, if there's a secondary option, meaning if the hole is closed and that backside you don't you don't fit it, or they got a tight end, or or maybe the tackle kicks out, and there's something there, he'll just kind of glide. And next thing you know, he's getting four yards because he doesn't have to stop in his momentum moving forward. I like I like him. I like the running back. Uh, I, I think he, him and Zeke are more similar than they are different. That's the thing, and that's I talked about. Yeah, this I think week. Zeke is actually sure. Zeke is actually a little quicker than uh than uh Stevens Ramondre. I would never use the word quick with Ezekiel Elliott, but yeah, I, well, you know what I, I mean, kind of like agile, nah, but Ramondre. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I wouldn't use that with him, but I'm a bit shocked that the Patriots don't have that kind of complimentary backfield like they normally do. They used to have a, a Burkhead, a, a White, a uh, you know all these kind of dynamos that come out the backfield and catch the rock. They're not necessarily doing that uh, this year. They kind of just got two hammers, and that's what they're running with. And I got one more thing, and I'll go off the air with this one, man. Van Der Esch, his new nickname is Van I'm no longer calling him Van Der Esch until he because, man, he's playing mind tricks with me. Like, last year in the playoffs, I was like, oh, I need this Van Der Esch all the time. But last week, I'm like, man, I, I just hope the real Van Der Esch shows up and not Vando. And hey. I'll take the rest off the air, man. Have a good evening. Say <laughs> what you do, bro. Appreciate you, big dog. Hey, man, Van, yeah, there's a there's a debate going around, and this is this is what we do in the community. And, and there's times I appreciate it a whole lot. The real conversation that we're having within the community is is seeing, okay, we don't got a bunch of depth at at linebacker, so who's next man up? Devin Harper. Can Devin Harper get in there and do something different than what you see in that linebacker? And I, I and you know, there's a there's a a gif, Monique. I'd like to see it. I'd like I'd like to see it. Like like I don't want to wait until week seventeen. We rolling out we rolling out whomever because all year we having issues at back or something, right? And we find out ah that don't work either. Let's go out and try to get a guy. Man, let's 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 go ahead and try this thing out earlier in the season and see if maybe we can get uh, a better ROI. Let's do it earlier in the season. And then that way that person can keep going. But I'm still, we in week four, and these dudes do not care that they only got three linebackers on the team. That's crazy. And look, I know, oh, we got 17 safeties. Hey, Dan, all that, all that little cute. 
at some point, the team is going to say, you want to roll out here with this light-ass second unit, it's going to run power at you. I'm saying. I look over at Voss. <laughs> My man said, yeah, man, that's Zeke. Zeke looking quick. False. Didn't happen. <laughs> hey, hey, look, so there is a there's a a a hip quickness quick hipness to Zeke at the LOS sometimes you'll see it sometimes you even saw you know a few times against the Jets but I, I definitely wouldn't use the word quick in regards in regards to him that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying man this is a new one here 919 what's up What's going on, Scott? Um, listen, I, I'm man just hit on it. I'm I'm fed up with Layton Venner. He is absolutely slow as hell, and just I don't know. I, I, I want, isn't, isn't it weird, I, I, bro? I like we talk about all this speed on defense, and we're just complacent <laughs> with having Vander Esch out there. At, you know, right? Speed, and then like, you want to put him as the edge rusher oh, with dope. no speed. Like what? What are we doing there? But what I really wanted to ask you um, for our, our offense when it comes to Belichick attacking the defense, I know you talked about it a little bit. Um, I'm interested, uh, do you guys think Christian Gonzalez is going to travel with CD? Uh, no. I think he'll travel with okay. CD on the boundary. Like whenever CD lines up outside, there's a possibility he does that. But CD plays, on, you know, he's played like 40-something snaps back-to-back weeks in the slot, and that's somewhere where Christian Gonzalez hasn't been. So, I mean, look, but Bill Bill is Bill, bro. Maybe he'll say, hey, this is the week we're going to put, you know, Christian Gonzalez in the slot. So, you know, one of the things that Bill Belichick has done historically throughout his career is he'll take away your number one wide receiver by putting the number two corner and a safety over top and then putting his number one corner on your second best option. That's been like a Bill Belichick staple uh, for years. Now, there's times where you're going to have number one against number one when when CeeDee Lamb is outside, but... He's predominantly a slot guy when all three of our receivers are playing. So unless Gonzalez travels inside, he's only done that, you know, like 17 times over three games. I, yeah. I just can't see him being inside the slot for 40-something snaps a game. If it happens, okay. yeah. that'd be a shocker. But So, no, I don't think he'll follow him unless he's on the boundary. Then then maybe he will then. Right, right. And then um, I listened to one of the four-letter guys today. I don't normally do that, but this might be the best thing Dan Orlaski ever said, ever. He, and he's right. Why are we not getting the ball to C.D. in the red zone more? We have, Jake Ferguson has more targets in the red zone than fucking C.D. Lamb. Is that not concerning to you, or is that not a big deal? What, what do you did, think about that? We didn't really do it a lot last year either. You know, it, 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 or, or period. For years, I kept asking for a jump ball situations to, to Lamb. Like that, that just right. really hadn't been the mo. Uh, but brother, when you do throw it to him, CD Lamb can't give up <laughs> on the damn play. You can't well, give up on yeah. the play, bro. Like you, you, you can't do that because yeah. then you know what? I don't want to go back to you. But yeah, I yeah. mean, there's other ways to get it to him. So they they gave it to him on a jump ball. He gives up on a play. They gave it to him on a pitch. Didn't like that. Uh, yeah. They they had a kind of corner out going to C.D. Lamb. Uh, but I think that play was designed to go to to go to Cooks. 
again, last week is the is the really first concerning week for me for the red zone, and they actually attempted mm-hmm. to get it to C.D. Lamb. It just didn't work. Yeah, that that fade should have been a slant in my opinion, but you know, I, I just I don't know. He's our number one guy. I, I think you see most teams attack def- all defenses in the red zone with their top target, and I, I just don't see us do it often. But that just might be how we are. And last thing, and I'm gonna go. And I'm tired of seeing this, and you, I know you talked about it, but I'm tired of seeing it on Twitter. I'm not going to say no names. It's people you know probably on Twitter. But why Why are people saying we are missing Zeke and Dalton Schultz in the red zone? I, I, I cannot buy into that. And I, I'm just like, we, we talked about it all offseason. We don't want Zeke anymore. It's time to move on. Time to move on for Schultz. But here it is. Cowboys fans will get on Twitter and be like, we need Zeke back in the red zone. If we were not scoring from five yards out, okay, I'd understand. But this you mean five is, we yards haven't had in. those problems. Yeah, five yards in. My mm. bad. Yeah, but that's not been the problem. Mm. I, I just I can't understand or wrap my head around. It's been angering me. I've been arguing with people at work. Oh, y'all need Zeke back. Y'all need Zeke. Y'all can't score in the red zone. Zeke would be scoring. That's bullshit. But you gotta understand, Sorry. people at work are watching ESPN. Yeah, right. Like people at work not really paying attention to the Cowboys, man. You know, and and yeah. you gotta lie yourself not to and not look. I'm 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 guilty because I even made a tweet about it. I didn't I didn't understand how all this energy all of a sudden pops up after a game like that where you don't have three of your starting offensive line. But where was this energy when the Cowboys right. were successful <laughs> right. down there the prior two weeks? But you know that they, they don't they don't care about context. They don't care about uh real. They they, they were waiting for this was eventually going to happen. You weren't going to be completely successful in the Reds on every game, and it made it to happen. That, that that was going to happen, you know, people were going to cry for Zeke or cry for Dalton Schultz, when in reality, the week before, your tight end scored two <laughs> touchdowns in the red zone. The week before, you scored a two-point conversion at the one-yard line, and you had a three right. rushing touchdowns in week one, and you had another rushing touchdown from the four that was called back. So nobody was really complaining about that, you know, <laughs> uh, until all of a sudden, we're putting ourselves in third and seven from the ten. In, in second and eight from the knot. You know what I mean? We're playing right. deeper in the red zone and weren't executing or getting pushed on the line. So all I would say is your friends at work, the barbershop, you just kind of, you, you got it, bro. You're right. And, and, and don't get your emotions off. Because, look, it's Zeke. You know what I mean? People are are emotionally attached to, to Zeke, bro. And the, the very yeah. first sight that, first chance, I should say, that they can say, ah, See, we need Zeke. It's going to happen. You know, it's going to pop up. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, appreciate it, man. Good talking to you. Appreciate everything you boys doing. Love y'all so, man. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Yeah, don't get upset, man. Don't get upset with it. <laughs> Be all right. Oh, damn, I forgot to. I ain't getting all these calls, god dang it. I, we, we had like two left. We going to get the two that was on here. One of them was Reek. The other one was MJ. What's good, Reek? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Skies? Um, what's going on, Cowboy Nation? Hey, man, this is what I wanted to say. Uh, good morning. Uh, this is what I wanted to say too, man. If if people, uh, I know people from the old school, but you can go. I know you can go pull this clip up on uh, YouTube. If anybody remembers the uh, the movie Coming to America, every time I see Lady Van Der Esch on the field, I think of this scene. Uh, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Uh, and uh, this dude likes sexual chocolate. 
uh, he dropped the mic, you know, and I'm and the dude, one dude clapping, and I'm like, this dude, good and terrible. Uh, I need him off the field, man. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, uh, this dude, he, every time I see this guy on the field, man, he he just looked like he like a lumbering dude, big dude, all this weight, all this muscle. But they ain't doing nothing. You know what I mean? They they uh, they trying to sell me a dream with this cat, and I feel like the Cowboys have a, a tendency of letting the huh? I said LV Reek is back. I feel you though. Go ahead. Yeah, man. I, I feel like the Cowboys have a tendency of being too damn loyal, too damn long. Like with Ty with Tyron with uh, LVE, um, it just like they have a history of doing this shit instead of just sitting certain dudes down or playing them less and letting some of these young cats that's up under them in their shadow get out here and try to show what they can do. Yeah. Because a person like Clark, a person like Clark, I feel like he could be better if we put him on the field more. If he gets more plays, more snaps, we might see that Clark that we seen from LSU. The reason that we drafted him, even though he had a neck injury, I'm tired of I'm tired of the Cowboys not putting these young dudes in to see what they can do because we got a veteran dude that's only going to be my, here one more year. Uh, he can't. He's going to be gone. He signed a two year deal, but here, here's here's my here's my issue with the the LVE thing in regards to responsibility because. I think the problem is, bro, they put too much responsibility on LVE and not on Clark or Harper or whomever else is playing linebacker, right? So they kind of are almost forced to have to to have to play him, no matter if he's not really making a damn difference in regards to difference-making plays, et cetera, or impact player because he knows the defense, he's the green dot guy, he's putting everybody in position. That's all fine and dandy, but when it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty, can you make plays? And and I'm yes. you know I, I just don't see that. I don't see him as a playmaker. Not saying everybody got to be a playmaker, but I mean, there's times where it's like, hey, yo, just just go. If you'd have just went, you would have made a play right there. You'd have made a stop. You'd have had tackle for losses. That's really not his game anymore. But he is the responsibility is so heavy on him that I don't think they have anybody right now they trust to take on said responsibility so we're going to see more lve unfortunately in reality I, you're right i like to see the young guys get a chance to f- up and, and then if they mess up i now we we can try to find different solutions but uh, i just not gonna bang my head against the table or against the wall year in year out with with, with lve i think he is what he is bro yeah, and he and he is what he is, and he he messing up the flow of this damn defense. You know what I mean? Because I don't need my 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 linebacker. My my thing is like this with Lee, right? He has spots and moments that he's playing good when he's mainly in coverage. You know what I mean? But yeah, far like as coming down thumping, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But coming down like going for thumping, hell no. He ain't shedding no blocks. He ain't going down to lay the wood on somebody. And then when he do, and then when he do hit somebody, pause on the wood part. But when he do hit somebody, it, it, it looks awkward. It don't look like you know what I'm saying. It, it looks awkward. You know what I mean. It don't look like like a flush hit. It look like it, it just don't look right. You know what I mean. And I I really believe yeah. if we let the, either Harper or Clark get in there and hit somebody, it'll look better than what it's looking. But they have to figure that out because sometimes 
you know, I, I just hope that we get over the politics, man. I need people like Wanye on the field. I need people like Bell back on the field because I'm, I'm going to tell you something, man. In the first two games with no two deuces on the field, the quarterbacks were double clutching. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no, it wasn't no straight shoot. I'm gonna shoot down the field, or uh, you know, like like last week. I had I didn't see Dobbs double clutch the ball one time last week. Yeah, they. You know they, what I mean? Game I'm like, the, that they game planned the hell out of you uh, in this game, but also you weren't playing with that lead, bro. Uh, it's kind of we can't go to week one and week two. You you were up twenty six nothing after the first quarter in week one, and week two you were up the entire game. And you had Zach Wilson playing quarterback, and, and that Jets offense is not good. What what happened in this game is you had to play two dimensional, and in playing two dimensional, the, the Cardinals never had to get out of their game plan, and their game plan was fantastic. You had no answers. Like as much as I love Y.A. Thomas and, and these other guys, I don't think one specific person makes a difference in that game. I think you just got out coached, you got outplayed, and and not everybody was flying to the ball. Not everybody was doing their jobs or in their gaps. Um, so I think what you're talking about for Juan Ye and, and LV, I think this is something moving forward. But one person wasn't changing that entire game on Sunday. I, I, I think you just flat out came out flat and got out coached from a scheme standpoint, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I got one more thing before I get off this phone with you, man. Uh, now, What's the point, like, with Dan Quinn, if we've been having problems with running quarterbacks, why are we now scouting with Trey Lance How do you know they're during not? the week? Uh, you, you're saying that like you like you think they're not. I'm pretty sure they are, bro. Okay, because I'm like, we can, I think we can shore this up because Trey Lance is an athletic quarterback. And, like, I think we, we should be able to shore this up with these running quarterbacks and come up with something to slow them down. You can come up with whatever you want to come up with, but if you don't go out there and you're not disciplined, it don't matter. If Michael Parsons doesn't fly the hell, I, I you know, through through the line, he stops it. That's not, you know, it's it's, it's simple right there. I, I'm gonna say the same thing I said before. Go look around the league, bro. Running quarterbacks are are problems for every team. Like like it's, it's a problem. What happens though is when you are playing upfield so damn much, right? That's your mentality. I'm just gonna knock the quarterback's head off. All it takes is a simple read option, and now next thing you know, there's a 20-yard gain. There's a difference between scrambling and rushing. I don't care. I don't mind. I don't mind that at all. That's fine to me. That means that we're getting after your ass, and you just got to run around and try to survive. That's different. That means your coverage was good and your pass rush got home, or or at least, you know, caused it. But when you're giving up big plays off of a quarterback design run, that's when I get a little bit more concerned if you can't stop that all game. Some teams can – have more success doing it. The Patriots did against Philly. Uh, some other teams like Dallas, they don't have success doing it because your scheme is so aggressive upfield that you can be game planned against, a la Arizona Cardinals, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm up out of here with this one. Do you think that D-Law needs to slow here. down a little bit, a no. little bit when he's coming around that corner at their quarterback? So he can make a better, uh, get a better angle to, to set the quarterback. I mean, shots out, here, shots out to Dobbs. All right, but appreciate you. Shots out to Dobbs, man. You know, it, it happens, bro. Like when you get a quarterback that's as agile as these guys, Justin Fields, it happened last year. You, you come in through, you get a clean shot. It happens. I've seen J.J. Watt miss Tony Romo after destroying Tyron Smith, and Tony does a, a spin a Rooney. Like these things happen. Uh, 
I'm not criticizing a damn thing about Demarcus Lawrence uh, from that game. He was one of the only dudes to really hold it down defensively. So, so no, uh, I think D Law just got to continue to be D Law. Uh, but shouts out to Josh Dobbs; has made a good play by by scrambling around. Good thing is though, it still was a sack or it still was a, a a tackle at the line of scrimmage and a stop by pushing him out. So, now I think D Law is fine. D Law just needs to continue to play his game. He's been one of the best uh, edge defenders in the league, both against the run and against the pass. Uh, what we need is Micah to kind of calm down a little bit against that particular type of quarterback. Against this one, a little different. A little different. He ain't pulling the ball and running a lot. He ain't got to really worry about that too much. So I'd imagine that we'll see a whole lot of um, pressures from Micah and, 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 and these guys firing off and getting to him. Now, now if he wants to try to pull it and run, look, <laughs> McCorkle Jones do not have the wheels to do so. No sirree, Bob. You don't. All right, Marv, what you got for us, man? What up, family? Uh, everybody make good points. I'm listening to everything they say. I watched some of the tape, too, on them teams. And uh, like you say on the defense, everybody was make, making boo-boo mistakes. Uh, when, uh, now, what I like about Ronye, if you watch the tape to everybody, when the line has come, what Ronye do, that I wish 55 would do, he beat big man, the big man, he'll go real fast before the big man could put his hands on him. That's why he's making his tackle. 55 will be like, oh, should I go? And now he got. Now go watch the tape to everybody on here. You'll see your run rate hit that guy so fast. Like on that run, at 55 years with a shot through there, boom. It wouldn't have been no 45-yard touchdown. Run yet. When he was playing against Jets and uh, the Giants. You mean the Giants, he's eh? Barely played against the Jets. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the corners, like you say, they got to play bump and run. And they are going to do a lot of uh, – this one, they may do a lot of play action. But that's okay. Now, this one, Parsons, and Parsons watching, because they do be watching y'all shows. Parsons, <laughs> this is the day know that. you could act a fool. When you play against Philly – and the running quarterback? No, bro. This been Bill Parcell probably would have cut you out, bro, if he was playing with Bill Parcell. If you don't stay in your gaps, you see what I'm saying? And just wait. And that's why I like about ninety, ninety, the wait, and that makes the quarterback. Oh, he ain't moving. That's what ninety does. Eleven got to start being smart. You know, when you play against a slow quarterback that's not running, yeah, you could go like a missile. Yeah. But when you play against the running quarterback, they're gonna fake on you, bro. Slow down. Yeah. And then another thing, Scott, uh, still, when I saw the film on the half, let me tell y'all something. Tell I love Fergie, but Fergie missed a block. When we was at the 10, if Fergie would have made that block, 87, that's what mm-hmm. I wish 86 would have been there, he'd have made that block, and no, no, 20 no. would have scored a 10-yard touchdown. No, no. We looked at that on the film. That wasn't on Ferguson. Let me tell you what happened there. Who was it on? That's on Terrence. That's when Terrence Steele messed up. Yeah. Terrence Steele, you can't love tap that defensive end right there. And Vacha probably Vacha's in the chat. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you you're can't right. you can't you love tap. Yeah, because because you're asking your tight end to jump a full gap over, flip his hips and seal. 
But what you need, you need Terrence Steele to help you out before you get to that duo block or that double team. So Terrence kind of gave a yeah. little love tap. And what was it, 97? 97, fire. Yeah. I mean, he when you shoot the gap that fast, I don't even think a tackle would have been able to get to that guy because he didn't get any help. The 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 number I think yeah. the number 97 was already in that gap and he just fired through. So you need Terrence Steele to kind of give him more help, allow Ferguson to, to, to get over. And then once that happens, you know, I think it's called hip to hip a little bit, right? Vice, I'm, I'm learning, bro. I'm learning. Yeah. But you gotta get a little bit more hip to hip. And then you need Terrence Steele to get up on number uh 90, whatever, whoever it was. It was 66 and Terrence yeah. Steele doing a duo. Instead, Terrence kind of love taps. He don't even love tap. He kind of sticks his arm out there. Gets to the defensive tackle, number 97 fires in or whatever number he was, and he tackles Tony in the backfield. And you're right, though. Had that block been made, the Cowboys scored. I think there's a touchdown happening right there. And that's what I meant by that was the main problem in the red zone from a running standpoint is that the Cowboys could not block it up. At any given moment, they just could not block it up. Right. And, and, And you saw the difference, I think, in the first two weeks in them blocking it up. Uh, as opposed to to Sunday, so. And then, uh, still for all the Cowboy fans, and y'all gonna crack up. This mean y'all gonna crack up. They had the right place set up, y'all. Did when eighty eight and number four. This when you do the options. Instead of going fade, he just came off the line quick and went this slant. Wide open first down. <laughs> Who are you talking about now? Guys, on on the on the on the fade to eighty eight, yeah. and he didn't jump. But the, on that play, if he either did his option route then, because they do do option route still sometimes. But that's not necessarily that's that ain't a that's not necessarily an option route. That that was just. It, it, you don't have an option like right at the line of scrimmage. I mean, if that's the case, that's called a hot, right? Like if there's a if there's a blitz, I, I'm running a slant. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. This, this was a clear is day. We're running a fade. I, I just don't get why CD Lamb number one quite literally walked out of his <laughs> release, and, and and then he gave yeah. up on the play. Like his head wasn't in that play from the jump. Um, but but yeah, I think I we know. do. I think we do got to get back to some slants. I'll, I'll go hindsight on you. Uh, Marv, if you watched our film session on Tuesday, mm-hmm. the the play where we went to Cooks and they did that blitz, yeah, I, I would have went to Michael Gallup on the slant. They they ran kind of a double out on that side as opposed to bringing well, obviously open, right. You don't want to run. You don't want to run Cooks into into Michael Gallup. But that's something where I get to the line of scrimmage and maybe we run a, we run some type of audible and say if he blitzes here, I got Michael Gallup for an easy touchdown on the slant. We didn't run a lot of. Like like real design slants to these yeah. guys down there in the red. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm not really mad at the offense because because I know what he was scared because he had new linemen at this at the same day. We think we're gonna do these plays and then all the linemen ain't playing like oh my god I'm gonna get these young boys killed. But I, now what I wish and I'm gonna be honest with you, still 77. I'm sorry, bro. We just gotta get rid of you, bro. I love you. But enough is enough, man. You always let us down. I'm tired of you. I would have rather start 76, put a tight end, Shoemaker over there, 87, Shoemaker, and, and, yeah. and bump and and and, uh, and let them boys ball like that. But uh, 89, no, he need to be the third tight end. Start 87, 86, and let's go, man. 
You see what I'm saying? I'm tired of 89. 89 drops too many passes. Then he have a stupid look on his face. Oh, no, nah, Butterfingers. Butterfingers, you playing scared. Get him out. And and and, and uh, you said Dan Quinn was pissed. And I'm going to tell you, and still, no, I'm still pissed. Because there's no way the Arizona should have ran those like that. I'm still mad. I ain't going to get, hey, I'm not going to get happy until the, if they beat the 49ers, then I won't be mad no more. That's what I want. I know everybody on here agree with me. If Dan Quinn stopped the Patriots this week and beat the 49ers next week, and then, okay, I'm back with you, Dan Quinn. If you don't do it, I'm going to be pissed at you all year. Sorry. That's, that Cardinal game got me up. I'm still mad. Pissed off. I ain't mad I ain't mad at you for being pissed off, but I'm mad at you for, for basically giving up on Dan after one game. I'm a little upset about that, bro. No, no I'm just saying. Come on, Mar. One it, game. It's time for us to go to another level, though, still. That's we need saying. that another level. We got to. Yeah, yeah. We got to go to another level and stop playing. You know, I'd rather him to be a conservative then and play like New England. I wish he would have just played like New England last week. But let's play conservative football hey. and – don't go too crazy. We would have won. Let, on me say, let me say this, Marv. I am interested to see if 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 Dan can show a different side of, of him this year. Because again, I think we're a hyper aggressive, head hunting, upfield speed defense. But week to week, it's not always gonna. You're not always gonna need that. Some weeks you are gonna have to play a little bit more too high. We we play so much damn cover one. And that that it, it's it's crazy. So much man that look, there are teams who are capable of scheming that, um, and you don't have digs over there anymore, right? So you do have to be conscious of that. You're you're, you're look, you're going to miss digs in a way. Not saying that you can't overcome it, but it's not the same. So you got to kind of compensate for that. So I, I'll keep an eye on if Dan Quinn can kind of adapt his dang on self. But I and, I do trust. And him one more, one more, and, and one more. I'm, and, and I agree with everybody else. And I'm gonna say it again. Number 24, y'all, played better than the cornerback that went to Carolina that we wanted to draft in the first round. Number 24. Israel. Oh, oh, is he? Oh. Israel played what? corner. Israel McConnell played on the same team as the corner Marv, that we were going your, to try you, to draft. Marv, you out your rabbit ass mind, Marv. Bro, you better go watch the damn film. Marv, I watch college football more than you, bro. Mind, bro. I'm a six, I don't give a damn about no college still. football. J.C. Horn. I don't care about that. Wait, 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 I don't care about no college. That's, That's three years ago. We in, we in the pros now, bro. Well, he I thought, you, I thought you was talking about he better than him now. I mean, obviously, he wasn't better than him in college. Oh, no, no, Jason no, no, Horn no, no. went top 10, Not and he's playing well now. in pro. But I'm just saying, though, 24 could cover, though, man. Right. Get him in the chance. That's what I'm uh, just saying. Get no, that's not what you all. That's not all you were saying. If that's all you were saying, hey, I'm cool. I'm with that. Let's see if we what he can do out there. But why you gotta down another yeah. man to try to big up this guy when you're wrong? He ain't no, better no, than J.C. Horn. Horn. I'm just saying he played good in college, just like Horn did. No, you said he played better than Horn. You said he's better than the dude that got drafted by the Panthers, and that's why I kind of had that reaction. But I, but I'm saying just in well in college. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's pro now. I let it's you. Horn doing nothing. He got hurt. 
If, if, when Horn wasn't hurt, Horn was playing Again? magnificent. Yeah, Horn hurt, bro. Yeah. Again? Yeah, he hurt guy. He hurt guy. Thank God we didn't. Thank God we didn't draft him. I mean, I don't thank care God if he. I don't care if he wasn't hurt guy. Thank God we ain't drafted because we draft Michael freaking Parsons. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Get damn feel right now. <laughs> all right, Mo. But uh, all I'm gonna say, man, good show, bro. And uh, I'm gonna see what happened this week. I ain't saying nothing. I'm gonna see what this defense do. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Brother L, he did. Marv did hit me with that. But Brother L said, you may got your little show or whatever. This is what we do. Your little show. You got your little show. But I watch college football. Way more college football than you. You damn sure do, Marv. You damn, I know you do. I don't, I don't watch college football, you know, like y'all do until the end of the year and I get into the lab. Hey, you, you got your little ass show. But I watch J.C. Horn not be better than Israel McQuamu. The top eight pick in the sixth round. I watched him be better than him. All right, man. Hey, you got it. He ain't better than him in the pros, though. <laughs> hey, 6081 boy, he did say that. Marv said, I'm 60 goddamn years old. I watch more ball than you, sir. Dude, bro, hey, relax. I ain't the college professional. But I like to think I'm a little bit of a professional when it comes to the Cowboys, though. <laughs> With your little ass show. <laughs> hey, y'all crazy, man. Can I talk about this play? Vach, are you still in here, man? Call into the show. Did I lock the phone? Vach's like, that's guy, what the hell you got me doing working in the morning? You know what? Hold on. Let me just let me just wait. Let's watch this play. Uh, we talked about this on Tape Tuesday. Bing, boom. Bow. Where we at here? Number 97. Can y'all see my... Y'all can see my cursor. Number 97. Who already... So you are here. I just want confirmation and make sure I'm right on this and if I'm wrong or where I'm wrong or where where these things could be better. Okay? But number 97 is already lined up on the inside shoulder. Of Ferguson. So he already has an advantage. All right. He already has an advantage. What we need to happen here is Terrence still needs to be a little bit better in how he helps. The hand, it would be fine if number 97 was poo-pooing off the line of scrimmage. But he ain't. Watch how watch how fast he gets down the line of scrimmage at snap. He's firing, bro. He's fine. I mean, asking your tight end to jump this gap. That why he's firing that fast without any help. I mean, Terrence doesn't do anything. So I need personally, I need Terrence to help out a little bit more here so that Ferguson can get across that shoulder. Because once he's seeing his back of his jersey, the place he's done. It's over unless he holds. And Terrence gets up on number 93, let better. And he really didn't need to because I personally think that if you look at Bat now, Bass did get got now. He did kind of get got, but I thought he recovered a little bit better and got him to flip. Now help me out here, Vach. And then he gets up on uh, number seven, and this is where I think we're talking about a touchdown. I mean, look how far back number 97 is in that damn backfield. Had he not been, let's pretend this is sealed up, right? TJ Bass gets off of 93. Kaiser White, I think, I think he's walking into the end zone, y'all. I do. Or he's barreling number 34 over. And we're scoring a touchdown. 
So I think this is more T still than it is Jake. I don't care who the hell your tight end is in this situation. You, you're going to need to help out a little bit. I mean, his, his hand is gone right there. That's kind of how I saw it. Yeah, he did get a little whipped there. <laughs> Bass got a little, he got whipped a little bit. But what I like about Bass, let me tell you what I like about Bass, is I think he recovers well. Um, he, he he keeps it moving, and he recovers a little bit better, man. Well, I got to take my meds. Marv said he's 60 goddamn years old. Marv better take his dang on meds. A black man, and I'm not talking about all the black gentlemen watching in, in the chat. He said, we still talking about AZ, get over it. Sir, I don't know if you knew here, but we're going to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about on this show. So when the fans call in and they have something to talk about and it's, and, and it's Arizona, I'll bring it back up. We're watching some film. We're learning some things here, man. If y'all don't like it, y'all could easily click off of the dang show. I don't understand people do that. Going these comments, getting all crazy. If it ain't your cup of tea for the day, keep it moving. Uh, I don't get it. Get over it. Nah, I'm cool. If, if our callers and our viewers have a thought about the game, I will give my thought about the game. It's that simple, bro. Now, I got a couple of y'all that snuck up in here, man. We'll get to it. We got Bishop Kane and JR. And I'm saving JR because I think we might have a surprise guest with that one. Bishop Kane, what's good? Mike, what's good, Scott? What's up with you, man? Uh, you know, man, sometimes I just be tired so I can just listen on the phone because I be moving and grooving and shit. You know okay. I mean? But, uh, but uh, it be kind of easier than my YouTube because I like to cut my screen off and shit. You know what I mean? No, I feel you. But, uh, but uh, yeah, man, uh, that last game, man, you know, it, I, I feel like that that was a, that was still a good game for us to have early in the year. Oh, Y'all don't get that out the way. If we gonna fumble the bag, let's, let, I mean, let's do it early. You know, what I mean? we don't want to do it in the playoffs. So we want to learn from each mistake that we making. And, and like you said about Michael, I want to back piggyback on that. Like Michael, and one thing we know about Michael, he gonna learn. He ain't gonna, you know what I'm saying? He gonna learn from his mistakes. You know what I'm saying? So when he needs to, uh, as far as him just being too aggressive against certain, like, hey, you gotta adjust your your play calling. I mean, how you moving week to week? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know DQ gonna do the same too. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to the OG, but uh, I don't see how you don't believe in DQ after this one game against. You know what I'm saying? Arizona, it's it's cool, man. It is what it is. We lost. Nobody happy with a loss, especially not this loss. Yeah. Or this lose this way, but I mean, man, you know, we can't win them all. You know what I'm saying? We we just want to make sure we win the right games. You know what I'm saying? That's that's deep in the season. That's in the playoffs. Whoop the whoop. You know what I'm saying? That's that's against San Fran. That's against these. You know what I'm saying? Against these Eagles. Against you know what I'm saying? That's what we need to make sure we beat. Say this. You know what I'm Bishop Kane, the Cowboys are nine and one following the loss under McCarthy. So they they have responded well um throughout the history under McCarthy. And I, and they're also ten or the last ten games or nine games and they won nine games in a row at home too. So I, I think this is prime for a bounce back game on that side of the ball. And again, I, I still trust Dan Quinn. I still trust these these defenders over here. I, I get like I said this on Twitter. We are I say we, I'm only jumbling us in here because technically you're one nation but cowboys nation is so fickle bro 
Like it, it just takes one thing and then everybody's off the bandwagon or everything yeah. is terrible. Or all. It's one game. Like y'all thought we was going to go 17 and oh, no. Like, let's see how they bounce back. Like there's no Super Bowl champion or good team that doesn't face adversity at some point in the season. That adversity doesn't mean you're a bad team or you're going to be a bad team throughout. So, you know, let's see how they bounce back. And then we'll revisit this conversation likely around uh, what? Halfway point bye week or whatever and see how they've done the first half of the season but you don't win or lose a damn Super Bowl or playoff games in week three you need to like Micah said don't take double L's don't lose and not learn learn from your mistake and let's see how we bounce back right right and that, and that's one thing that's one thing about it man because even the team that did go undefeated in my lifetime them didn't went to the Super Bowl and lost you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying I'm about to say, Randy how, I'm about to say bro, Brady I, I'm about to say how old are you because the only team that went undefeated was the 72 Dolphins, right? And, and you don't sound like you 78 right. years old. Nah, 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 nah. I'm yeah, you're talking eight. about the Pats, yeah. yeah. But I think that they didn't the Dolphins win that Super Bowl when they went undefeated? Right. But the way you started that sentence off, it was like the only team that went undefeated yeah. in my lifetime. They, they, and I'm like, how old are you, Yeah, sound? ain't no team. You sound pretty good for an 80-year-old no man. Don't undefeated, you feel me? Like when, yeah. when we seen them Patriots, man, them Patriots was dogs. But hey, it is what it is. Them boys went to the Super Bowl and lost. So we mm. just want to win the game that matter, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, bro, it's a learning experience, and we got a team that learn. Like even our O line, man, they learn. You know what I'm saying? Dolphins. We gonna be, we gonna be better. We gonna for sure, we gonna for sure be better. We had a lot of injuries. We had a lot of, we had a lot of things against us. We was in, a, we were in enemy territory. Arizona is a, a NFL team, and that's what a lot of people. Hey, I don't look, think people. Bishop Kane, like you, you ain't got like a, people who college. You ain't got to roll through. Man. Yeah, you ain't got to roll through all the. All, you know, everybody has adversity, bro. Everybody has injuries. Everybody has things they got to work through in the game. It, it, we just weren't prepared or or adjusted good enough to win that game it's that simple brother it's that simple i don't i don't foresee these i don't foresee these type of games happening a bunch of times this year i don't yeah and that's what i was gonna say oh gee he a college fan so he he think like college fan like this the nfl man you know anybody can win any given sunday this ain't college where every game for sure oh yeah you can mark it on your skills or not hey it's sometimes we fuck up hey you know but we gonna get on to this next week, man. What you think about what you think about what you think are keys to winning against uh, Bill Belichick in them next week is? And I'm gonna get off the phone. I'm gonna let you do your thing. I just want to uh, ask that question. Bishop Kane, tune in tomorrow. We will have our keys to the victory tomorrow, bro. Content, brother. Content. We got we got slow roll this thing. Now, yeah, tomorrow we'll uh, we'll have some key matchups. I used to do keys to victory. Uh, the first two years doing the morning show. I think I might get back to that as opposed to key matchups. I don't know. We'll see. I, I do like key matchups, though. But I used to do keys to victory and, and also key matchups. But tune in tomorrow, Bishop. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, like I said, I do think this is a good bounce-back type of game for the Cowboys uh, to get back on track. Now, we're going to end this thing. We're going to rap to our guy, JR. What's good, bro? Yeah. What's Good, baby. You What's know what I'm saying? Hey, I've been hanging. I, I, I've been hanging. I, I had the pleasure to hang, you know, with this guy. You know what I'm talking about? You know, uh, y'all know him. Y'all love him. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in real quick. Go on and talk to him, Coach. Scott, what's good, baby? How you doing? What, what's happening, Prime? We need some motivation. Hey, you brother. know, I'm feeling good, baby. Uh, you know, I, I woke up motivated this morning. 
I feel good, baby. You know, I feel good. Got there and I look good. Looked at the mirror, the hairline still there, baby. You know what I'm saying? I drove up in something good, and where I'm at, they paying good. So everything's good, baby. How you doing? I could be better uh, in regards to coming off of a loss, you know, but it's cool. We 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 it's Thursday. We moving on to New England, and and I'm feeling good about a bounce back, coach. Oh 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 yeah. You see now here's the thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, good thing about when you get your butt kicked, you know, just good fashion butt kick. When you get your butt kicked, you got you got to go look in that mirror. You got to go look in that mirror, and you got to look and look for that dog that you didn't let walk that mm. last game. Because mm. when you got that dog, you got to let him walk, baby. If you don't let the, if you got that dog, you're going to let him walk. See, that eat at you. That eat yeah, at you. See, I'm yeah. fine. I had me a couple of games where I, know I didn't let that dog walk. And I'm looking. I can't sleep good. I'm eating. You know, I'm watching film 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, going back over. You see what I'm saying? You think that that Prescott ain't look at that pass he threw that intercession in about 100 times by now? Back, you Brian. think that black, that, that block that we just, we just pulled up tape. You think you think Steele ain't looked at that tape and saw what kind of performance he put out there? You think them front them them, them boys up there on that front end didn't look and see the performance they put up against that run game? Two hundred and twelve yards. Come on now. Come on. I ain't trying to go back, but two hundred and twelve yards. The other thing I didn't address, thirteen penalties. Mm. Now that's just you don't want to at that point. No. That's just you ain't you, you don't want to. You didn't believe. You didn't believe. <laughs> and now you're getting hero ball, you think you're going to be the one to make the play. If everybody in the mindset of hero ball, who's doing the darn job? Nobody. Who's doing the darn job? You see, that's it. That's it. So these boys, they got to go back to it. They got to look themselves in the mirror. They got to look themselves in the mirror, and they got to ask themselves, do you believe? And if you believe, go do your darn job. Go study. Go get in that film room. All right, and not just look at what they're doing. Look at your tendencies. See, that's the thing people don't understand. They watching you too. They watching you too. They watching what you do. They watching your tendencies. They watching your weaknesses. Get better at your weaknesses, and that's how you go be great. That's how you be prime, baby. See, that's what I, all I did. Be prime, that's how I did that I was playing. I studied. I studied. I was a dog in that classroom, baby. I was a dog in that classroom, and that's how I was a dog on the field. Hey, Coach, why, why, why aren't you playing your five-star recruit? You know, what's going on with him, man? Now, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what I'm saying? All right. Now, you know it is hard to, to, to park that Ferrari in that garage when you want to take him out, baby. You're right, you're right. <laughs> it's hard right. to park that Ferrari in the garage when you're ready to roll. You know what I'm saying? And you know when you're pulling up on something big, you want to make a statement. It's hard to park that Ferrari now. <laughs> but, that's, hey, that's hey, wrong. you know, Travis, honey, Travis is a dog. I love him. That's my other son. I love him. And he's such a dog, he don't want to stop to let himself heal so he can be the top dog. Mm. And that's why I got to come in. I got to sit him down. I got to say, hey, look, son, I love you. But we got to sit you down so that you can heal. Because we don't need no half a dog out there. We need our top dog. Yeah, we need you a couple more weeks, and then you're going to be our top dog. We're going to run over who else going to step on that field. God be with him. Whoever else wants to step on the field, you know how hungry he is. He ain't eight. He ain't eight. And he saw some good meals out there. So whoever step on that field, when he get out there, God be with him. God be with him. That's all I got. Last thing, Scott, I'm going to tell you this. Now, I hear all this bull junk. All this bull junk talking about LVE. You know what I'm saying? They talking about we should have cut him. You know, talking about we need to put somebody else in place of It's a reason why we still got an LVE. Because you showed them what was going to behind him. Okay. I'm putting it like this, all right? You don't go 
trade in no Ferrari for no Breon Chevy. <laughs> now, I'm not saying they'll be using Ferrari. Now, Sound like good, it, Coach. You know, Sound like it, Coach. <laughs> I ain't, no, 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 I ain't saying he's a Ferrari. You know, I, he, he, what, he, he, you know, he could be a, he, he could be a, a, a Silverado. He could, he, 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 he could be a Suburban or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I give him that. I give him that. <laughs> but, but you don't go to, you don't go to that lot where you don't need no money down to get one of them and put it in place <laughs> of him. I'm just telling you like that. I'm just telling you like that. All right. You know what I'm saying? So all okay. y'all out here, all y'all out here saying that bull jump about, oh, LVE needs to go on and we need to. Now, <laughs> I don't know what film you're watching. But it ain't the right team, okay? I don't know what TV you're watching it on, but it ain't the right team. Right. It's the reason why we think cop and why we kept LVE. That's all I got to say, all right? Mm-hmm. Y'all need to believe today. Believe, believe in yourself today. Believe in what you're doing. Believe in what you got going so that you can be great, okay? Go and be great. And that's the prime. That's all I got. Love you, Scott. You get, you're forgetting something, Prime. He's supposed to hit us with this, bro. Give me my theme music. You're about to hit us with this, coach. Come on. Here I go. Let me tell y'all something. That impersonation is crazy. Unbelievable, man. Hey, JR, you better stop playing. It, it, look, if you can, if we can get this out to Coach Prime, he might invite you to, to Colorado. That's good, man. Shouts out to JR. Drop some fire emojis for JR. I mean, he got the mannerisms, obviously the voice. He's got the vocabulary, the vernacular, right? The sayings. Bull jive, bull junk. The Dern is crazy, though. The, the, the Dern, like, if you put Coach Prime's Dern, like we don't give a darn what they think. Next to his darn, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to tell. It's that good. Man. Yeah, the Ferrari, yeah, the little Ferrari thing with them. LVA ain't no damn Ferrari. But I feel you, Coach Brown. <laughs> what a show today. That's what happens, man. Look, good stuff today. We gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up. Let me go get to the super chats. Where they at? Let me refresh. We actually want a little overtime with that. All right. Yesterday, yesterday, I forgot to read this super chat from landlord from Alabama slash Wakanda. Super chat. He said, "What up, Sky and Okoye, Cowboys Nation?" Brian said he tells wide receivers they're doing a clear out route now that they know they're not getting the ball. They just going half speed. Could this be a problem? Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Now that they know they're not getting the ball, they're just going to have speed. Our, so we had this conversation last week where it was the opposite. You know, he, he said in years past, he would have teams that he wanted to send on a clear out type, 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 uh, type route. And those wide receivers would be like, oh, coach, I don't want to do this, yada, yada, yada. So he didn't even tell them it was a clear out. But he said this team didn't have that mentality, right? Like, hey, we all got a job to do and we do it well. And, and that was fine the first couple games. Um, I didn't necessarily notice, like, could this be a problem? I, I don't think this team is built like that just yet. If we're talking about CeeDee Lamb, that was concerning seeing him get in his head. But 
it wasn't because he was doing clear out things. I think he just CeeDee Lamb reverted back to being an immature kind of a brat. Let's just be honest. He was kind of a bit of a diva in that game. But uh I believe in the rest of the guys doing their job out there. So again, one game, am I about to overreact and assume that could this be a problem? I, I don't even know necessarily it was a problem then. Uh, you know, so we'll take a look at it though. We'll keep an eye on it. But it's just one week removed from Brian Schottheimer saying that's not an issue in this locker room. Super chat. Glenn dropped five and said the there are pros and cons to death by a thousand cuts. Short ball control offense is good, but we don't have bread and butter in red zone thoughts. Um three for four in week one, I said it and two for three to start in in uh against the Jets. I, I didn't have a problem with the red zone until Arizona. So I again I'm not about to panic about it. Uh it's something that they gotta come back and get better to. I wouldn't necessarily say they don't have a bread and butter just yet. Again, this is entirely new offense. It is a new offense, by the way. And they've scored at 15 red zone opportunities. They've scored on all but two of them because they went for one and they missed one. So they're getting points. They're number two in the league in getting points, uh, ending drives on point with points. So I'm not I'm not ready to again, I'm not ready to sit here and be like, we have a a complete problem just yet. Off of in my opinion, one bad red zone game. Um, the difference is you lost the game. Let me ask you something. Anybody talking about the Eagles red zone problem last week? Nope. Because they won the game. All right, they won the game. Uh, we we know this this team and this coach has a history of being good down there. I believe they'll bounce back from it. Uh, if we're sitting here week seven and we're 27 in the red zone, that's a different story. But I, I don't really see that being a thing. Um, I do think they have a bread and butter. I just don't think they executed it. Once again, I find it convenient we come back here where we have three offensive linemen missing. And that's when we're like, oh, up in arms. You missed your three starting offensive line. I mean, I find it hard to believe many teams will be able to survive, you know, missing their three offensive linemen in that area. So put them big boys back out there and let's see what happens. I'm going to talk about Chris's first and then get to get to JR's because he's a super chat. Chris said number 26 played well. I think Deron Bland was fine. I, you know, he started off, gave up a, a pass play, and then that bull crap pass interference, but I thought he was fine. Two for 23 or 26. I take that all day tomorrow. Super chat. And then JR said, we can't zoom in on one guy. He's talking about LVE. Uh, blame him. LVE's woes are a product of them guys up front not doing their job. Now, nah, I won't let you do that now. Uh, collectively, they got their butts kicked. I agree with that. That's it. Now, nah, LVE is who he is, bro. LVE had plenty of opportunities to fly downhill, make a play. Like, that's the other thing, right? Sometimes it ain't going to work up front. Like, sometimes you just got to make the play. And I don't know who said it, but I, I'm wondering if we are taking that LVE thought process approach across that unit because nobody seems to want to be played down. Even Bell didn't play downhill in that game on a, on a consistent basis. So, and he's in the linebacker room. It's a lot of kind of just wait and see. And sometimes it's just got, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go make a damn play. And there was opportunities for that to happen, and it just didn't happen. man. But, yeah, obviously it was collective effort. He was part of that collective effort. You know what I'm saying? Part of that. All right, tomorrow's Friday. We will – who was it that called in here and said, give me a – was it Bishop or somebody? Give me the three keys. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about keys tomorrow on the show uh, to victory or matchups. One of the two. One of the two keys. Keys of victory or keys to uh, key matchups. One or two tomorrow. Later we talk. What did we do yesterday on Vacha's show? 
We talk about the defense. So today we're going to talk about the Patriots offense. Again, we'll continue this conversation on Voss and Barty Live. Make sure y'all swing through. And then Mo will be back on A to Z Sports Primetime at about 8-ish Central. He on time. I'm not, not always on time. Get my theme music. Push the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. This kind of is my theme music. I always find it crazy that I've had this outro song for four damn years and I haven't changed it. Can't get rid of it. I like it. It's a vibe. It's chill. Make sure y'all swing back through later on watching Barty Live on Volume or his channel and then vibe with me later tomorrow. Actually, in the morning tomorrow. Be out of here. Bye.